Come on. Welcome to Life Flow. This is George G. And the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Cam Barsness. Cam, are you ready to do this? Let's go. Let's go. Cam is a CFP. She's a partner and financial advisor with Kutcher, Benner, Barsness, and Stevens with a focus on ESG investing. Cam, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work and why you do what you do. Love to, but first, thank you just so much for having me on the podcast. It's a pleasure to be here. I really love the breadth and depth of the topics that you cover on the podcast and just find it really interesting and bite sized. So, thank you for doing that. Thank you. Yeah, I grew up uh, in Montana, I was born and raised in a little tourist town up in the mountains called Red Lodge and ran away after graduation to Santa Clara University in the Bay Area and a hello big culture shock. Um, the 2000 people that I grew up with were very different than the millions of people that I lived with in the Bay Area, um, but came back to Montana a little bit after graduation. Ultimately, my husband and I found ourselves in Seattle, um, where we still live with our three kids who are 7, 11, and 13. So I'm just hitting those treacherous teenage years. And um, you know, I thought when we first moved to Seattle, we were going to leave and I wanted to be in finance. So that meant a big corporation. Um, and through a headhunter, found myself in the world of financial planning that I didn't know existed and fell in love immediately and just dug in and went right back and, and got my CFP, the Certified Financial Planning. Um, and what I really love about this industry that I fell into is that it's all about helping people achieve their goals and understanding what's really important to them and their families and the foundation is really feeling comfortable and connected to your money. Um, that's why we partner with clients. Um, and for me, it's helping people understand what they own in their portfolio and how their holdings and their earnings are helping better their lives and the lives of others around the world. Nice. When you say partner with clients, what do you mean? I mean that it's it's a collaborative process. If I just tell you what to do with your money and you don't have any ownership in that process, you're not learning anything. You don't feel connected to it. And we all know that any organization, any business, any people, any relationship, the more connectedness we have to that, the more invested, quote unquote, we are in that relationship and, and that thing. And if it is just nebulous and kind of disconnected from us and third party, then we're not really engaged in it. So with clients, we want to be a partnership with them often tell people, I'm not here to tell you yes or no. I'm here to give you the analysis and the pros and cons and help you make a decision that meets your needs and your goals and your values. I think that that makes a lot of sense. Do people resist doing that from a financial advisor standpoint? It strikes me that that might be harder. Yeah, it, it is. But that's really where the relational piece comes in is really getting to have enough conversation with your client to understand what's important to them, asking intimate questions that feel like sometimes I probably know more about our clients than maybe their kids know, certainly more than their neighbors and friends know, because nobody talks about money. And what comes down is you have to figure out what matters. And a piece of that is what we're here to talk about today, which is ESG investing. And a piece of that is asking those questions of how do you want to connect to your money? How do you want to connect to your portfolio? Is there things that matter to you in your portfolio that you invest in or don't invest in? Or do you care? 
And, and if you don't, that's okay too. That's not a judgy statement. It's just asking those questions. Yeah. And there's not a right or wrong response to that, right? When you ask people how, 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 how important it is to you to do this, that, or the other thing. Some people say, I don't care. I just want the best possible investment. Or some people will say, I'm sure that's extremely important to me. And I refuse to invest in a mutual fund or an investment that has this in it. Exactly. Exactly. And, and what's, what's really hard about this is that the process is nuanced and they're like, think about the industry itself, right? So we talk about it at, that you can invest for impact. You can do SRI investments with their socially responsible investments or ESG, which is environmental social governance. All I did was just make a bunch of acronym soup at you, right? <laughs> Nobody knows what the heck any of that means. And, and none, none of it is binary. We, we can't do anything with a yes or no answer in that way anyway. So it's all about this conversation and then putting that all on a, on a spectrum. But really what it comes down to when I think about it is that I kind of give this analogy that in investing, you have fundamental technical analysis, which is uh, PE ratios and, and cash flows and balance sheets, which none of us really want to talk about because everybody's eyes glaze over. And that is not entertaining to anyone. But think about when you go to the optometrist, right? Like you have the foundation of seeing, and then you keep putting these weird little lenses on. And if the the listener could see me, I'm like literally putting a lens in front of my eye, like they do at the optometrist. Is this better? Is this worse? And you layer on these ideas of like, okay, if this is a company that I think is a good company from a uh, cash flow and return and product, right? They're they're good. Let's talk about these other things. Like, for example. Is the company good based on compensation of top level to bottom level? Their overall benefits package. What do the PTO look like to the, to the average employee? And that's your social issues. What about the board of directors? Is it diversified across gender and ethnicity and social economic backgrounds? We all know that all of those together are good when we have diversity in all of that. That's governance, right? How do they think about the long-term sustainability and impact of their business and their products on the world? How are they packaging and disposing of their products? How are they stewarding and improving the energy and water usage? Now, as an investor, I have all these other things that I can kind of layer on to, to really think about the companies that I invest in. And those are all things that we can talk about, right? Like we can have a discussion about that and everybody can have an opinion in a way that if I ask your opinion on a price to earnings ratio, you're like, uh, I don't know. But I can talk about these other things and that's where we get this 360 degree view of investing about really the long-term piece of it. So for me, it's about risk because as an investor, I want to know that this company is going to be around in a good, healthy company in five to 10 years. And they're not just waiting for that next earnings call in 10 days. And then whew, we got through that moving on. Um, and of course, I go back to that binary piece of like, you could say yes or no to an investment, but you have to think about that all of this layers on and sometimes it's nuanced and we have to look at each company differently based on what's material, meaning like what's really significant to them as a company in their industry. The difference between a water plant and say a Facebook, the things that are important to them as companies are drastically different. And so it's not an easy issue, but when we start talking about how this matters and how we all think about the world, 
then we can start to distill down to what risk factors can we really put in an investment to make it last over the long term? I love that. I love the the analogy about the optometrist and the different lenses. Now, now, now I'm doing the thing with, with my hands that she was doing earlier for all you podcast listeners. I think that that's an awesome way to think about it. Um, that sounds like a lot of work, Kim, for, for you to do all that. Yeah. And thank goodness I don't have to do it. I get to come and I get to talk about it and I get to have all these wonderful conversations. And then I I throw the problem at my investment committee and I throw the problem at mutual fund managers that think about this day in and day out and are kind of boots on the ground out with companies asking these questions about, you know, what are you doing about this company X and, and starting those discussions. But, you know, it really starts with conversation because without it, none of this really matters. If the mutual fund managers don't have the conversation, if we don't have the conversation with our clients. And if just the average everyday person doesn't start to say, hey, what's happening in the world? What what do I want companies to act like? Um, You asked a question earlier when we weren't on on camera or being recorded of why is it important? And I just think it's important because it connects us to our money in a different way. And, And we have to be confident that we understand what we're investing in And that's how we're going to want to do more of it. We're going to want to save more, which is ultimately the goal of investing anyway. So we want to kind of talk about it. Yeah, I've experienced certainly through being a part of different organizations that the more that you are able to contribute, we, we, we support what we help to create. And so Mm -hmm. the idea of, or the actual practice of being able to do that with our investing uh, that's sort of a whole nother level if that's what somebody somebody is interested in. We've talked about, or you've mentioned a couple of times, the importance of these questions and collaborating and being able to have different kinds of conversations. When you're sitting down with somebody for the first time, what are some of those conversations? How do you get the conversation started to gauge whether or not this is of interest to me? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's one that... Um, I think we're sometimes scared to do. Um, We don't want to ask questions that feel kind of intimate to somebody. We want to kind of shy away from them and assume if somebody is passionate or really interested in something, they'll tell us. Hmm. We know as humans, we don't actually do that. We might be behind closed doors, but we won't in the moment. So I have to sit down with you and say, hey, there's this thing that you probably don't even know exists out there of you know, layering on this additional piece into investment analysis, very similar to traditional, but we layer it on. Is that something you want to hear more about? Now, when I say that, most people are like, I don't know, probably not. But what I ultimately do is I give them a questionnaire that talks about things like executive compensation and diversity on boards and uh, climate change and ask them how interested they are in those types of things. Well, they come back with that questionnaire that they got to fill out at home. And I get answers where they say, I'm very interested. I would never invest in, you know, X, Y, Z. And it's like, oh, you, you are interested in this ESG quote unquote style of investing. It's just when we use words that people don't understand, they shy away from it. But when you give them words that they hear and think about all the time, um, you know, I've over the last 
month or so, I've had a number of people say, do I own guns? Do, do I own Russia? Like these things come up in everyday conversation. If we're willing to talk about some of the harder pieces that, that feel more interested and feel more squishy in investing. I know that's a technical term to everybody. Squishy <laughs> really, really leads to investment analysis, but we often don't think about those type of questions when it comes to investing because we think that it's just numbers and I don't know anything about it. So I can't talk about it. We can all talk about it. We can all be engaged in how our money is helping us and the world. Yeah. What a what an important and powerful tool that is, that 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 little piece of homework or take home that helps people through through just giving them prompts. Like ESG investing, I don't know. Maybe that's interesting. Oh. Well, yeah, for sure, I'm not interested in that. Or yes, I'm very interested in this. And 100%, I've got an opinion about that. So what a cool tool. Well, and it, and it starts, it doesn't even have to be investing, right? Mm-hmm. You can start You can start with your first dollars. Think about it. We all make choices every day of what companies do we support? What local businesses do we support? Where do we get our coffee? Where do we get our groceries? We all make these choices and we can step back and think, is this the local business? Is this the corporation? that I want to support with my dollars today, that's an easy everyday first mover thought. And, and it goes back to the big picture of ESG. We just don't talk about it that way, but we're all doing it each and every day. We're making choices with our money. No doubt. Voting with our dollars, so to speak, Cam. Yeah. So I think that we, we, we maybe touched about on, on, on this a little bit. Um, the, there's a million different acronyms and this, that, and the other thing. Uh, but what's important is what we've been talking about. The industry, the, the the financial apparatus, when they get a sense that, oh, this is a popular thing, we're just going to start calling everything ESG. And that really has a, that, that just muddies the water. And it makes it harder if you are really serious about doing this work, which I know that you are, to cut through what is BS and to really know, okay, this is a fun company or a money manager or whatever that is actually interested in doing the work. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, million dollar question and and in the heat of media right now. Um, and and you nailed it that we will if we want to do it, the passion behind it comes from really wanting to make change. And so I'm going to say, you know, my personal belief, and this is going to be hard, is that really you have to have active management to do that. What I mean by that, for those that maybe don't know what that means, is when you have a mutual fund, it can either be like an index based where you just kind of buy the broad market, or you can have somebody sitting behind the scenes saying, I want to pick company X, Y, but I don't want A and B in in this portfolio. So that's the active piece, a human making active choice. And when you have that active management piece in there, it allows you to uh, really look at what that company's doing and think about how can I engage that company for change in what I future want. So when you're thinking about this and, and maybe you have the choice in your 401k between an index fund and an active management fund. And a lot of times they'll show that to you in a 401k with little symbols. You might want to choose the active managed fund because you know that they're going to be more invested in that process of really kind of thinking about how are these companies enacting policies around the E, S, or G versus an index. All they can simply do is set 
parameters from the start that says exclude this, exclude this. But after that, you can't really make decision. And when I talk about this, I often talk about it with, with college-age students. And I say, has anybody listened to Hamilton? And they all kind of nod their head and go, yes, and, are, and kind of wonder, where is she going with this conversation? We're talking about investing. You say, everybody remembers the song in the room where it happens, right? Hamilton was in the room where it happened. And if you don't take an ownership stake in a company by buying a stock, a, a share of stock, you don't get to have a conversation with them. You're not engaged with them. So if you have active management that might take an ownership share in a company that maybe could do better, now they get to be in the room where it happens. They get to have that conversation. And so being with those companies, those mutual fund companies that really do that, or if you're an individual investor at home and you get the proxy statement, which sounds weird, it's essentially a ballot. We should call it a ballot. You get the ballot from, com from the company and says, how do you want to vote? Vote. Use that voice, just like in every other piece, be active in the change that you want to see happen. Such a cool way to think about it, and obviously the correct way to think about it, but such a cool way to think about it that not only are you doing all the things we've been talking about, but then you actually get to vote on it too. You get to vote on their directors and, and so many cool things. And it's just one more level of if you are interested in taking ownership of your money from maybe not start to finish, but at different levels, uh, that's that's a super cool way to think about that. So I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Well, Cam, you've given us a lot, but the people are ready for that difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Yeah, that difference-making tip is that don't make life all or nothing. Small changes and seemingly small acts can have tremendous impact over time. So don't wait till you can do it all. Do something small today. Well, I think that is great stuff that definitely gets, come on, especially when we're looking at, you know, all the problems that, that we're facing in, in, in our backyards, in our communities, and, you know, and then all around the world can feel overwhelming or feel like we can't have an impact. But the other way to think about that is just to start taking those small bites and to do a little bit, because if we all did that, Cam, what a wonderful world it would be. Imagine how big the impact is if we all did something small. There's a lot of us out there. Amen. Well, Cam, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage with you? Yeah, I'd love, come to our website, kbbsfinancial.com, or you can check me out on LinkedIn, Cameron Barsness, and direct you to our website or more of what we do or some of our reading. And as always, listeners, reach out. This is what I do. I talk to people. I love talking to people, whether you're my client, another advisor, it doesn't matter to me. Um, the world is big enough for all of us and learning how to be passionate about your own money and invested in your own money. Um, that's what I'm here to do. So reach out. Love it. Well, if you enjoyed this much as I did, show Cam your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to kbbsfinancial.com and check out all the great resources and all the good work that Cam and her firm are doing. Reach out, get in touch, and um, see if there's an opportunity to work together. Thanks again, Cam. Thank you so much. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together. <laughs>